Hey, and thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast. It is Wednesday, February 3rd, 2021. Your hosts this week, myself, Lee, and Reed. Hello. Ah, coming through loud and clear. The uh, Microsoft tried to keep us down with this uh, the Skype technical issues, but we say fuck to them, uh, and we're going to put them on blast just a second here in Game of the Year. But first, let's touch upon the news, of which there has been some in the last week of the world of video games, and uh, what you've been playing. Reed, what's it? Uh, what's happening? With what I've been playing, pretty much uh, only Battlefront 2 a little bit over here and then. Um, like I said... Uh, I feel like uh, that's having a... I'm not going to say a negative influence on you, uh, but you seem... Like, the Star Wars memes seem a little spicier than usual. Oh, no, You're rewatching I'm, I'm de- Red Letter Media. Yeah, I'm definitely in a Star Wars <laughs> mood lately, but that happens all the time, don't worry. Like, I, I go in and out okay. of moods of everything. I could call it, like, my monthly obsession. So, like, one month I'll be, like, all about Lord of the Rings, and then the next month will be, like, all about fucking Fallout or some bullshit. All about fucking. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Battlefront, <laughs> absolutely gorgeous game. Still uh, doing lots of fun stuff on there, but mostly I've been playing Hades. Um, really. Yeah, you have. Yeah, really dove deep into that game. I've had like twenty something runs now. Uh, gotten really fucking close to being the final boss in second phase. I just can't. Uh, I can't. Uh, what's the word? Close the for? deal. I can't close the deal. That's right. <laughs> Uh, but besides that, absolutely love the game. I, I love the pace of it, um, the customization yeah. that you do through each run, and the randomness of the buffs is always something to look forward to and be interested in. Combined with the different forms of each weapon, you can really... Uh, every run is different from the previous one, and I think that's what yeah. really is the big draw of this game, besides some of the really fun story events and whatnot. Uh, I find myself, like, really wanting just to get back into, like, the beat-em-up rogue sections of it rather than story, and I think that's a compliment to the game because I'm usually a story guy. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, absolutely fucking love the game. Love that shield. It's my favorite weapon in the game by far. Oh, really? Interesting. by far. And then I upgraded it to the Zeus one. Um, so it That's fo- the one I have too. Yeah, yeah, it follows you slowly. And so I you put that with either the Deflect of Athena buff or the Zeus Chain Lightning buff. And yeah. you ju- you toss it out, get the Hermes 3 dash, and it'll just constantly follow you the entire fight doing damage to anything falling behind you. It's fucking awesome. Have you gotten any of the uh, joint ability boons yet? Like, uh, it's yes. like two gods on one boon. Those yeah, are the, the fucking best. Thing? Yeah, <laughs> I, I had a couple of those so far. Nothing too major yet. Uh I've I've gone like the one that stands out to me is I've gotten a lot of like Poseidon Zeus like like runs where i'm just like ah, i sided with both of those guys and then i got some of the combined ones where it's like uh a lot of the poseidon ones do knockback and then some of the zeus ones do like lightning on knockback uh so you're just constantly like shooting out waves of water pushing guys against the walls as they get like hit by electricity and then if you're using a weapon uh that's like a ranged weapon you're constantly ranging them away from yourself so if you get like the bow or something and you're doing that crazy arc shot you're basically just pinning everybody to the wall and striking them with lightning that game is so fucking good yeah i don't like the bow not a fan of the bow not a fan of the bow bows uh for for me bow was like easy mode i guess gun could be kind kind of considered that i like the the bow for me was like the most easy to yeah oh no i like the i like the sword the shield the gun and the fists i think the fists are the worst weapon in the game but they're so fucking fun um, yeah. But that lack of range and it's rather disappointing damage compared to the other weapons leaves me wanting more. 
it's definitely a game, like, I don't know how you, you everybody's play style is different, but it's like a strike and retreat, right? Like, you're constantly dashing in, yeah, no, doing your thing, not, and then dashing the fuck out of there. When I'm not fighting the final boss, Lee, I'm just dashing and attacking like I'm a fucking madman. Yeah. There's not a lot of strategy put into my brain. Have you come across, uh, what's his name, Thanatos? Yep, a lot of times. Death? Yeah. Yeah, there's something, uh... There's some some steamy fan fiction we're not being let in on. I don't I don't even think it's fan fiction. I think it's uh I think it's what's in really, the game. I think what's really neat about this game is that it's implied that Zagreus is bisexual. Um through his, through few through a few it's different It's the Greek pantheon. They're all I think they're all pretty Yeah, they're all pretty, pretty liquid. Yeah, yeah. pretty open-minded. So yeah, I and yeah. I like that they don't have to say outright that he fucked Megaria or Thanatos. It's just like let's you know, let's leave some little little hints here and there and uh, that'll be that yeah someone's got to fuck that medusa head uh when you see uh eurydice and she gives you she gives you three options she gives you that porridge and if you get her late in the game usually you're looking for the dude who gives you the death defiances back uh but if you get her late in the game when your boons are already like at almost at max man can that push you over uh as well she's got some other she's got another one that's kind of a trick it sounds good it's like oh it'll upgrade your uh, it'll upgrade all your boons to the next rarity level, but that also means it changes every single one of your equipped boons. So I've completely botched runs before. I'm like, oh shit, I picked the wrong thing, and now suddenly every single thing of mine is different. I have to go into the status menu and check that. I think we're going to be talking about Hades at the end of this episode, so we can uh, we can sh- shut them for now. Uh, yeah, man, Hades is great. I've been playing only uh, Yakuza Kiwami 2, basically, and a little bit of Octopath Traveler on the side as I... Try to finish that game. But uh, yeah, n- not much more I can say about Kiwami 2. That dragon engine is great, especially coming off of Zero and Kiwami 1. Uh, Judgment, which also uses the dragon engine and ma- is made by that studio, has now been confirmed for a PS5 and Xbox release, uh, wherein you play as a detective that goes around beating the shit out of people. So kind of looking forward to actually picking that up. I-, I totally skipped over that game. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I guy, uh, at, let's, guy at work was yeah. talking to me today about how good uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon is on PC. I said I previously sure. have tried to play yakuza zero or something wasn't particularly interested in the gameplay um mm-hmm. but he has informed me that apparently yakuza like a dragon has, is like an rpg this time like yeah I've, i have to have told you about this at least five times but yeah it is a turn-based rpg that game it's turn-based it's a turn-based rpg it's turn-based yeah you have like your guys with all their weapons you like go buy a giant vibrator from the store and then you strike your enemies with like it. like like final fantasy 10 turn-based yeah. Fucking wild. I'm going to play that game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Fucking check it out. Uh, you would you would probably really, really, really like Yakuza Like a Dragon. And that's another game we'll probably be talking about in a second. Reed, there's been a lot of news this week. Let's, uh, let's try to get through it quickly here so we can give Game of the Year the time it needs. Uh, if you're looking forward to PlayStation 5 exclusive Returnal, that has now been delayed to April 30th. Uh, that is like the lone... Lady Space Marine. Uh, th- there was a trailer. So you don't watch the Game Awards and trailer stuff. So I don't. If I don't know if you've ever come across no, this game. No, I have never heard of it. It's a like kind of otherworldly Stranger Things, uh, the upside down <laughs> shooter. So it's like kinda. it's like medium with with guns. Sure. Uh, I was uh, disappointed the other day to learn that medium is actually a Xbox Series X exclusive on Game Pass, so I couldn't download it on my One. Oh well, I can. They're play trying it, to get me. Right? I can play it on my PC. Lee. Oh, fancy! Mm-hmm. Did you get Game Pass on the PC? I don't know if you can get Game Pass, but like you can play all these. You can. You can play yeah. all these games. I know it's cheaper on Epic Game Store than it is on Steam. Oh my god! Ugh. 
You okay? Yeah, I was Jesus. like, I was gonna have a big burp there, but uh, my will is too strong. <laughs> <laughs> um, Game Pass is most definitely on PC, and what's cheaper than uh, one fee and it's free? Uh, that's that's cheaper than Epic Game Store, right? Yeah, uh, I'll definitely. Have I don't know that that Game so. Pass. It's it's not one to one. There's stuff on the Xbox that isn't on. Because I was going to suggest you were thinking of playing like Final Fantasy X or something like that, and I was going to be like Game Pass is eventually going to have that that re-release. Yeah, um, I'm I I've been hankering for uh, a good old fashioned JRPG. Uh, turns out Yakuza like well, a maybe dragon, Yakuza like a dragon is it? Yeah, it might fucking uh, satisfy my needs. So uh, yeah, yeah, dog. Uh, speaking of Game Pass. Wolfenstein Youngblood, Final Fantasy XII, leading the charge this month uh, for free games. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, VIII, and IX are on there, and then supposedly X is going to join, and then XV has been on there, maybe it was removed. They, remember they did that big announcement where Xbox is like, all the Final Fantasies are coming to Game Pass. They're slowly making good on that. Uh, so I don't know if this also means PC, or if it's just well, Xbox. Well, these games are uh, all on gets... PC as well, but I have to check out this Game Pass app and actually see what's on there. Yeah, because uh, like I have it all synced up like with my laptop and stuff. So like when I download stuff on the Xbox or I download stuff on the PC, they talk to each other. Uh, so when I fire up my laptop, Game Pass is right there, and I can easily like I have access to all those games and stuff like that. So it's pretty neat, Game Pass. Pretty yeah, cool. go play FF12. Yes. It's a great game. Uh, yeah, it'll be on Game Pass uh, very yeah. shortly. It's the Zodiac Age one, obviously. Good, uh, it's the good EA one. Sports then. Is... <laughs> Well, yeah, they wouldn't put, like, they're like, no, we're just putting the, the up-resed PS2 version on here. <laughs> uh, go to hell. Uh, EA Sports is making a new college football game. They have dropped the NCAA uh, branding, meaning that this will just be a bunch of made-up players from made-up colleges, which is kind of fun. Uh, but also, there's there's a lot going on behind the scenes with NCAA and how those players are compensated for stuff like this, especially when their likenesses are used. So do we need another football game from EA every year? Probably fucking not, uh, but they're back. Speaking of EA, Reed, uh, Bioware has taken time out of the uh, huge success of Anthem and uh, the relaunch they did of that game, of course. Now everybody's talking about Anthem. It's uh, They fixed it. Uh, oh, no, no, wait. It's been 12 months since they fucking mentioned it. Uh, Last of Us, uh, sorry, uh, Mass Effect <laughs> Remastered Trilogy will be out in May, May 14th to be exactly. Oh uh, to be exact, this will, Oh my god. It's not coming to the PlayStation 5 or the Series X. It'll be playable on those consoles, but there will be no next-gen upgrades. Because why would you do the work? Uh, it's coming out for the PS4, PC, and Xbox One. It'll have most of all the DLC. Uh, there's a bunch of uh, quality of life changes. They've added a bunch of customization features to the game that we're missing. They have solidified that the Femship from Mass Effect 3 is the one true Femship. Uh, you know, whatever. But Bioware also announced they're making a new Mass Effect game during the Game Awards. They like they're like, yeah, Mass Effect will, will continue. They're charging eighty bucks for this thing in Canada. Yeah, I know. These fucking fucking games and uh, like a bunch of people, specifically the team I work with in my office, like big big Mass Effect fans. They swear by these games as being some of the best games ever made and written. Uh, I like very lightly dabbled in Mass Effect Two because it's free on EA Origins. So you I, mean when you played the opening scene of Mass Effect 2? Yeah, pretty much. And, like, <laughs> Seth Green was some asshole in the fucking pilot seat, and this ship is half apart, and he's like, no, I can still save her. And then Shepard goes, no, we need to go. And then Joker's like, yeah, you're you're right, we need to go. And I said, man, I missed Xbox 360 games. 
Yeah, that, that scene could really exist in any... Well, you don't really have the emotional pull to what's happening in that opening scene, considering... No, it's just ridiculous first that, game, that Joker's adamant that he's going to fucking go down with this ship, and it's half to pieces, and all Shepard has to say is, no, you come with me, and Joker's like, yeah, fuck, you're right. Joker had a bit of a death wish, and it's a good thing that he survived, because uh, he gets to, like, hang around with a really sexy robot later on. Oh, good spoilers, bruh. Oh, yeah, no problem. Uh, so, yeah, if you're interested in the Mass Effect Legendary whatever, it's coming out in May. Uh, listen, I'm not going to say that Mass Effect is overrated. <laughs> I'm not, not going to say that, Reed, because they're fantastic games. I enjoyed all three of them. The idea of going back and playing through all three of these games again to me sounds... I understand people do it on, like, a yearly basis, uh, but man, I cannot. Oh, I, I, they're yeah. doing some, like I said, quality of life stuff for the first game, but the idea of probing all those planets and expo- like exploring all that shit in the Mako again as busy work, I don't know. They're also taking the multiplayer out. Uh, the multiplayer played a, a role in the original release of Mass Effect 3 because one of the one of the ways to get the better ending, and this sounds all ridiculous now considering how that all played out, but to have a certain amount of galactic readiness, one of the ways you could do it was play the multiplayer, which was kind of fun, because it was the only time in the series you could play as, like, the alien races. You only get to play as your own shepherd for, for the whole game. You don't get to play as the cool uh, alien dudes and stuff. So that was welcomed, and now it's not going to be in the... Th- I figure if you're going to do this, if you're going to re-release these games, that you would, you would do it all. Uh, but I guess I'm wrong. What do I know? Uh, Borderlands developer Gearbox has been acquired by Embracer Group for $1.3 billion. Take-Two will still be producing uh, Borderlands games to come. So really, in terms of Borderlands fans, this means nothing. Other than Gearbox got a big old payday here. uh, And will now technically be part of THQ Nordic. What about Uh, all the other Gearbox fans, Lee? Of such series as Alien Colonial Marines. Are you talking about Duke Nukem? (laughs) What what does this mean for the future of Duke Nukem? (laughs) What does this mean? Uh, I think... So they also have, like, Hello Neighbor and stuff like that. Like, like <laughs> Gearbox's offerings outside of Borderlands fit perfectly in the THQ catalog, which is basically, like, budget releases that quietly do very, very well. Uh, and, uh, you know, happy to have them, I guess. Uh, and now, you know, THQ Nordic maybe gets to siphon off some of that, uh, some of that Borderlands movie money. <laughs> yeah, starring Cat Speak- Blanchette and Kevin Hart. Cat <laughs> Blanchette. <laughs> we uh, we learned this week that Nintendo has uh, guess what? Nintendo Nintendo canceled something. Oh. Uh, they uh, they are apparently very upset with a leak about the Netflix The Legend of Zelda series. Someone owes me twenty dollars. I don't know who I made this bet with, but they basically announced that a Legend of Zelda series was coming to Netflix, and I'm like, that. Sounds- I bet you twenty dollars that will never happen. And here, it's like the fucking Metal Gear Solid movie, right? Uh, which apparently will someday exist. Uh, but they, they have put the kibosh on that after a leak. And then apparently the college humor uh, people, uh, including that Adam What's-His-Face, was making a stop-motion animation Star Fox series, which sounds fucking cool. Uh, and that will never see the light of day. So Weird. That's fucking... You, you gotta, if you're play, playing the game with Nintendo, man, you gotta fucking... That's all. You gotta keep it tight. That's all weird. But yeah, the Metal Gear Solid movie, you know, Oscar Isaac got casted, apparently? Did, did, like, that'll never happen. Yeah. I'll bet uh, you $20 What did right happen now. for Metal Gear Solid <laughs> um, was they just had a cast reunion on, like, a big Zoom call the other day, much like Lord of the Rings cast did one. So it's like an hour sure. and a half, you get to see the original Metal Gear Solid's one through four cast, I believe, and they all talk... Was pop- the DARPA chief there? <laughs> you knew. It's one of the most secret back projects. Uh, 
you know what? You've got diarrhea. <laughs> oh, <Doesn't> man. <laughs> <laughs> um, MLB The Show 21 uh, will be launching on the PS5 and Xbox Series X. That means that there will be straight up an Xbox game on the shelf with a PlayStation logo on it. Uh in terms of the, uh, the the cover star here, you won't know him from a hole in the wall, Fernando uh, Tatis Jr., but it's one of the best cover athlete shots. He's doing like a walk-off, just like tossing a bat in the air. If you, if you see it, when you see it, you'll be like, man, that's pretty sick. Let's, in terms of let's get like sports games of athletes in their everyday life, like just doing laundry or something. They did that for UFC 4. They just had two assholes standing by a car. Yeah, it was that. Yeah, it's a really bad fucking cover. <laughs> that's, is that what you that's, want? That's uh, Jorge Masvidal and Israel Adesanya, specifically. Yeah. Two assholes by a car. If they don't, <laughs> if they're not greasy and fighting, I don't know who they are or what they do. Yeah. They, could, they could be anyone. <laughs> I have no context unless they're Andre Arlovsky. I'm not going to recognize them. Uh, God of War's free upgrade for PS5 is launching now. It happened. It, it's out. Yeah. Uh, so you can get 60 frames per second. You can get. 2160p rev- resolution. Uh, are you going to fire this up? How does it look? What's going on? Yeah, I, I've i been debating. I love God of War. I've said so many times on this podcast. If I play five minutes of this thing, I'm going to be playing the whole fucking game again. Yeah. Uh, you chop down that tree. you got to climb the mountain. Yeah. But I just built this fucking PC. I don't want to play some games on it. I don't want to immediately go back to my PlayStation. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, fuck, fuck that other seven hundred dollar investment you made. <laughs> I didn't mean like that. It's just like I've beat God of War like four times. I've platinum the fucking game. I like I should be playing other things right now. But God, God of War is so fucking good. Uh, so the Nemesis system, also something that's pretty fucking good. Last seen in Middle Earth: Shadow of War, or no, Shadow of Mordor. I guess it would have been. That's the second. No, one. S- uh, second one is Shadow of War. Okay. Thank you. Uh, people have long asked why, hey, why isn't that Nemesis system in more games? Why don't people take that and run? And apparently, Warner Brothers has been uh, trying to file a permanent patent on the uh, on the system since 2015. Now, listen, you came up with it, and you can get really, you can, you know, the specificity of which this uh, patent applies basically means no one's trying to touch this. They've basically scared anyone away from trying to make that system in their game. And on one hand... You invented it. Yeah, it's yours to do what with what you will with. But on the other other hand, uh, it gets kind of granular. It's like when people were uh, patenting like conversation wheel, like the Bioware conversation wheel from Mass Effect is patented. You, if you get too similar to that in your game, uh, th- there might be legal action taken upon you. It, uh, it gets kind of shitty that's when you get to that point. That's fucking stupid because just do like a drop down list like Skyrim and it's like the exact same fucking thing. Well, think of uh, think of Fallout Four, right? Yeah. It did like it did like the circle thing with the different buttons. Dub. That's not quite it. But if you made a wheel that you selected from, then Bioware <laughs> might have. Uh, if it's in circular form, you can't do it. Uh, yeah, like what if you what if like hij- carjacking somebody was something that like Rockstar patented? No, what if you make <laughs> what if you make a dialogue wheel a dialogue trapezoid? Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you make it like a rhombus, yeah. so it's like got two options on the side and then you two options on the other side. You can use the hypotenuse to get to one yeah. side quicker. We are <laughs> we are patenting the conversation hypotenuse. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> How can we forget this? Google has shut down the internal Stadia game studio. 150 <laughs> developers are out of a job read. Like, on one hand, fuck you, Google. On the other hand, it sucks for these people who, who have now invested 
in Google as who bought in, right? Like, yeah. This this platform is not doing what Xbox and and Amazon and these guys are doing. They're not doing a subscription service. You're, it is a subscription on top of you having to buy the game. Like at, like, and then you look at digital sales for Xbox and PlayStation compared to physical, and it's clearly obvious that a lot of people still just buy physical. Uh, yes. It's been it's been fucking like forty years of this is how video games work and you're not going to change it overnight despite what Stadia wants to do, um, and if and on top but mostly we have to blame Google like from my understanding Stadia is still going it's still going to get games developed for it etc. Um, yes, so but, well, that's the thing it it will no longer get games developed for it yeah, because no that's what they have shut down here. And then it leads you to believe okay, there's no exclusives for Stadia, so what's the advantages of using Stadia? Well, no, I don't have to get a physical game; I can just stream it off the console. Except you need stellar internet to stream it off the console. I've heard lots of people who don't live in like they live in rural areas that don't have the greatest internet, and right. this console is unfucking playable. Like you can't stream anything worthwhile on it. Let alone something Again, multiplayer. Yeah, if you're within any major city, it, it's it's pretty stable now. The the performance of the thing is not the problem. It's all the promised features that never made their way in here. It's that they didn't even include Stadia compatibility in that new Chromecast or like Google TVs that have come out. That's insane. If you're looking to make this push into the gaming industry, this isn't your play. Like Stadia to them seemed like a play project, like everything fucking Google does, like Google Plus, Google uh, all, all this other stuff. <laughs> Right. So if you're going to go in, go all in. But this half-assed approach they did, and again, it seems like Cyberpunk came out and was apparently very popular on Stadia. But what that means is is relative. Did it sell one one-hundredth of what it sold on PlayStation or PC? I have no idea. Uh, but this includes uh, Vice President Jade Raymond will be stepping down. Jade Raymond has now racked up uh, quite a few L's in her column versus W's, in my opinion. Uh, she was also involved, I believe, with that Star Wars uh, thing that got shut down in EA. Like the one three one three, I think I believe so. One of one of those star. I thought she was involved in like the visceral thing or, or some of that. Anyways, uh, so Google basically hasn't really announced anything beyond uh, they, they put they they marked down the Stadia. You can get one a little cheaper now. Uh, really, th- this race uh, is now going to be between Microsoft, whatever Sony has brewing, and Amazon now for this kind of streaming game platform. And it's Xboxes to lose because. It's the best offering. It's a subscription service. Everything is there. You're going to be able to either download it or stream it. As long as it all works, Microsoft, it like the ball is in their court. Don't don't fucking drop it. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Google Stadia. But yeah, it's it's sad. It's it's not funny at all. There's 150 people out of a job uh, on top of all the people who bought into this as a platform, thinking that well, it's Google. How could it fail? Well, everybody else who didn't buy into it is saying for any number of reasons. Uh, but if you've bought a bunch of games on this platform, if, you, if you're really bought in, the idea of this thing suddenly going away and maybe Google even shutting it down within three years or something like that and you just lose all those purchases is fucking awful. Uh, but let's talk about something that isn't fucking awful. Game of the Year Part 2, Reed. We have uh, three categories that we need to quickly go through before getting to our, our top lists here. Worst ongoing series or genre. Reed, take it away. Uh, this is very easy for me. I'm going to uh, say it's not a specific genre, but looters. I think this 2020 was horrible for looters, whether they're looters, shooters, slashers, whatever you want to call it. Looters. Yeah. Uh, big part of this would be, for me personally anyway, Godfall is a very obvious example. Just a shit fucking game. No loot, nothing to customize your character with in a unique way. 
I think, and then this problem carried on into a very infamous game now, which is Marvel's Avengers, one of the worst fucking loot-based games I've ever played in my life. You can get a shit ton of loot. You can't see any of it on your stupid fucking character. So none of it is meaningful because you can't see what it relatively does or looks like. You can't go up to your friends and be like, hey, look at this super awesome fucking badass helmet I have. <laughs> look at this sick rib cage. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So absolutely bad year for sh- looters. We're regressing. Uh, we should be able to see all the armor we equip. All the guns and weapons should be absolutely unique from each other doing different things. And uh, yeah, very disappointed this year. Wow. Uh, so mine originally was going to go to the like. It's not a genre I enjoy, but the Valorant and Overwatches and the a million uh, kind of spinoffs that those games... Everybody comes to the table with basically a cookie-cutter copied version of a, of a hero shooter. Yeah. And and expects it to take off. What was that EA one this year? It was like Rocket Arena, I, right? I don't even know. Ro- yeah, Some piece of shit, yeah. like named after a mode from Quake. And it just it fucking came out and just fell right on its face. Yeah. Uh, that was going to be my mention, but you know what it's actually going to be, Reed? Hmm. It's going to be Microsoft's fucking exclusives. Because outside of Ori, uh, which is fine, man, has that taken a fucking nosedive. Especially when you're competing with Sony, who is reliably releasing four, maybe more, solid uh, single-player experiences, exclusives a year. Right. Uh, showcases of the console and what it can do in terms of graphics, all these teams that are contributing right. and have games line up. Like we didn't between like, Miles Morales. We didn't yeah, like sorry, we didn't like Last of Us Part Two, but there's no denying that it is a very well made game and a lot of yeah, people but guess what? enjoy it. There's also Demon Souls, there's also yeah. Miles Morales, there's Ghost of Tsushima. Horizon. Uh right. Bloodborne. You know, from a few years. <laughs> I'm talking about just twenty twenty. Oh, yeah. What I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh but but fucking Microsoft spits out Gears Tactics as the only exclusive Microsoft Xbox game. It's not even at exclusive. The X I can launch. play it on my PC if I want to. I don't need to buy right. an Xbox. Read. It's been out on PC for months before it came out on Xbox. Yeah, I don't need to buy an Xbox to play their exclusives anymore. Right. Uh, and Microsoft seems to know that more than anyone. And the idea of like a Halo coming out and them delaying it a full year... In the best case scenario, what are you hoping that game to be? Gears 5 apparently got downloaded like crazy because you're telling people it's an $80 game and they're getting it for free if they already have Game Pass. And people are somehow enjoying the fucking... Man, I tried to play through Gears 4 uh, a few months ago during quarantine here. I'm like, let's let's give it... Let's skip all the Gears games uh, because I never was able to choke down playing that first one. And let's play this fourth one. Man, they... They have all these studios now. They have Obsidian. They have Bethesda. They have Double Fine. Uh, they need a major output of, of exclusive games for the Xbox, which will now also mean their PC games, and will also mean now their free Game Pass games. And things are skewing towards, like, uh, net Netflix uh, and stuff. Now, Reed has messaged me. What? Hello? You there? Yeah. Okay, sorry. I'm going to clap so I can take this out later. <laughs> Uh, things are skewing towards the, the the Netflixes of the world, which is like we'll get some name actors, we'll make it look like it's a real movie, but God, is there no is there there's seemingly no effort put in here to get behind this thing, right? And the the you know the landscape has changed in how Xbox and Microsoft releases their games now with Game Pass, and I understand that, but I'm not looking forward to Halo. I'm not looking forward to any fucking Xbox exclusive game what, right now. What Xbox that's bad exclusive news. are coming out, Lee, besides Halo? And that's not even exclusive. I'll be able to play that on my PC. I can play Master Chief Collection right now. Uh, exactly. You. I think I've, we've made my point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> biggest news story 
What you got, Reed? Uh, easy. CD Projekt Red in all the controversy with the release of Cyberpunk 2077, the delays, the printing, right. the glitches, the con- the drama in the studio with the execs, all of it. It's true. All of it. As far, as far as I know, you still can't buy that game on the PlayStation Network. Wild. Yeah. So I, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't see what's a bigger news story than that, at least in recent memory for me. Yeah, that one was mine, and then the follow-up was Microsoft acquiring Bethesda, which I don't think we've seen the full breadth of yet. We don't know what that means We just know they bought them, and that's it. Yeah, for a lot of money. Uh, Your most anticipated game. Sorry, this recording is missing. Reed selected God of War Ragnarok as his most anticipated game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be 2021, but uh, that James Bond game from IO Interactive uh, is, is really intriguing. I, man, you gotta start listening to the news on the show you're on. Uh, the Hitman guys are, are got the James Bond license, and it's not a movie license, so they have free reign to do whatever they want with James Bond, including cast Idris Elba as James Bond. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to uh, to what they do with that. Maybe exploring James Bond outside of just a shooter. Listen, James Bond shoots people, but there, there's a lot more that he does, like has sex with ladies and stuff like that. Uh, Reed, we're gonna run down. Our top seven games of the year. Before we get to number one, we're going to throw it to some guest lists submitted by one Nick and one Andrew. Uh, But first, let's start with our unranked, as I like to put it, sixth and seventh uh, game of the year. What do you got? (laughs) My two unranks for the top seven list would be Final Fantasy VII Remake and Call of Duty Warzone. Call of Duty Warzone did technically release in 2020. I've experienced uh, many, many hours playing this game. It's mostly a lot of fond memories with playing with a large group of friends. It really helped um, in a weird way, like, bring a lot of me and my friends back together after, like, years of just, like, you know, doing adult shit. And, like, we talk consistently. There's constantly, like, six people a night playing. Just good fucking times. They actually keep this game up to date. It's pretty neat. Final Fantasy VII Remake is pretty self-explanatory. Um, still a great game. Absolutely love playing it. I don't think I can crack my top five just because of how fucking much of a dip that narrative and that writing took in the last act of that game. I think if you took out that last act of that game, I would have put this into my top five. Uh, but as it stands, I can't. Fair. Uh, my two go-to, uh, games I have not finished. One of them I haven't even started, Reed. Uh, but they are Spiritfarer and Yakuza Like a Dragon. Now listen to me. I know when I play more Spiritfarer and I play more Yakuza Like a Dragon, they will easily knock my fifth and fourth games off of my list. I know this. Uh, so I'm giving them an honorable mention here. Sorry, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Kiwami 2 was too good, but I'll get to you eventually. And Spiritfarer just seems like... Uh, I, I, like Again, I put like, mm, let's say, four to six hours into that uh, genuinely, and I, I want to go back and finish it out on the other side of some other games here. So that's my honorable mentions this year. Let's run it down, starting at number five. Read. Uh, so my number five game of the year was Ghost of Tsushima. I thought this was a very excellent game, uh, very solid writing overall, very excellent-looking world, very elegant in that regard. The combat is uh, meaty and juicy with enough, with enough complexity for it to keep you coming back without it being too much at the same time. Overall, a uh, pretty standard open-world action-adventure game, but the samurai setting and the very obvious homage to Kur- Kurosawa um, sure. makes this game a bit more special. And, yeah, I enjoyed my time with it very much, so number five on my list. 
Right on. My number five, and I'll live to regret this in, uh, in going forward, will be Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> uh, it is. It, it gets it gets onto the list because when it's good, it's very good. It's damn good. Uh, it's da- it's damn good. But there's some stuff. There are some choices in this game. Namely, yes, anything to do with the ghosts and the entire final act of this game that is just so unnecessary and really almost almost ruins the game. Like we said, very close to greatness. This game, but in terms of. Uh, I, I cannot deny it. The battle system and what that means for Final Fantasy going forward, uh, seeing all these these areas and stuff rendered, the soundtrack. There's a there's a lot uh, to really really find great yeah. here. Um, yeah, uh, like like again, what they they almost nailed it. They nailed it until they didn't. Until they decided, no, we're gonna take a hard left turn here and, and make this something bigger and overarching. And it's just like it it didn't it didn't need it. Nope. And every time you hear them be like, no one wanted a straight-up remake of 7. That's a it's lie. Like, no, that's that's literally what we thought we were getting. That's yeah. why... This, uh, whatever. Disappointing, but also on the fucking list. Reed, your number four game of the year. Uh, my number four game of the year was Cyberpunk 2077. I think wow. this game would have been higher on the list had I not finished it completely by the time we got to this podcast. Um, but I think once you really take a big step back and look at the game after you're done it, and especially how some of the side quests finish right when they're getting interesting, and how some of the narrative just doesn't land the way that you wanted it to, and mostly just the fact that this is always on the cusp of being great, but just doesn't quite reach it, uh, I, I couldn't put it in the top three. But despite that, Cyberpunk 2077 is still a fantastic first-person RPG. The world is absolutely wonderful to go through and experience. Uh, the level of character customization and builds you can do is varied and fun and unique. And overall, it's just a good old-fashioned fucking video game that got overshadowed by a lot of controversy, which it, which it deserved. Um, but I, to not take that away from the game, I still enjoyed it a lot. So number four on my list. Right on. My number four is Fuser. Uh, Harmonix, the makers of Rock Band, uh, made a game called Drop Mix, and it was like a mobile game. It had like a module thing with it, and it was sold at Toys R Us. And it came with decks of cards, and the cards had music samples on them. So you would just be sitting there listening to a beat, and you could throw down some like, yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. <laughs> and I'm like, man, this would be really cool if, if they extrapolated this and, and really made the music game that I think they're on the precipice of making. And then they did, and it's called Fuser. And Fuser takes... Uh, entire musical tracks, it uh, cuts them into four and basically makes you a a drop mix DJ. Uh, of course, the game has some magic uh, going on in the background that does a lot of the heavy lifting for you. The game matches uh, the speed of the songs and stuff like that and changes the keys, therefore. And if you kind of know what you're doing, you're going to have a great time with this. The campaign goes out of its way to teach you everything while you make some of the worst mixes of your of your life. But when you go into the quick play and you're given all these tools, uh, you can really make some some really cool sounding stuff in here. Um, it's a joy. It's like, it's not for everyone. Uh, if you're if you're a rhythm game or musically inclined person, uh, there's really something fun here, and I can't wait to have some house parties and bust out this game legitimately as the as the house parties music. So Fuser's great, Harmonix is great. No one makes music games like them. Reed, you're number three. Number three is Hades for me. Uh, I haven't quite finished this game yet. Still got some work to do, but I think it's very obvious to me that this is one of the best games of 2020 for multiple reasons. The gameplay is addictive and varied. Every run is different in that regard. 
They added a surprising amount of weapon customization. Uh, technically, there is six weapons, but each of them have four different forms. So that's 24 different ways you can use these weapons. Um, the amount of characters you can speak to and grow the relationships organically through the story is very unique. I love how this game, you could technically beat it on your first ever run. Um, and you could also technically beat it on your 30th run, and there's no right <laughs> or wrong way to do that because of how the story's structured. Um, there's so many lines of dialogue. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you'll go through a run and you'll experience something that you never have before. It was like my 15th run, and all of a sudden I saw a new Fury sister when I got to the end of the first section. I was like, fuck, yeah. this is really cool. Um, is that the yeah. one that turns lights out? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, the voice act, the voice acting this in this game is surprisingly good. Uh, Meg Nerda, I can't, I don't know her name specifically, sure. but her voice actress is absolutely fantastic. Very uh, unique. Who's Megara, isn't it? No. Megara, yeah. yeah. Either way, this game is incredibly fun. It's uh, it's very addictive as well. Like you can always go one more run, and yeah. I highly recommend it. One of uh, one of the easiest purchases I've ever made in my life. It's uh the the amount of lines of dialogue and like you'll have, you, Zagreus will be going through the boss door and you can hear a line of dialogue where he's just wondering who it's gonna be this time and then he like guesses wrong and he'll have a line of dialogue about ah I was wrong or something or something like that and like yeah there's so many lines of dialogue like that we're like I've never heard that before I've I'm still now I've played the game and and finished it a few like finished a few runs and I'm maybe on like my thirtieth run now. And I'm still hearing things for the first time, or I'm still coming across a scenario where Zagreus has something very specific to the situation to say, and it's uh, it's incredible. My number three is Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, this game was everything it needed to be for me. Yes, it is uh, pretty standard, a map littered with things, open world, but that open world is so stunning, uh, what they accomplished there using... like the game looks better than it actually is using all kinds of lighting and and particle effects and stuff like that and the the sweeping landscapes that late title card the crunchy combat where you're just sticking people with swords wiping off the blood um this was a a very tight package i liked the story people had a lot of trouble trouble with the the dissonance of uh, jin sakai and what's happening in the cutscenes with his uncle and then what you're actually doing. If you play the game honorably, the game is still kind of putting you down and forcing you into these situations that you feel like as a player you may have taken away from you. But I bought into all that shit. I love Ghost of Tsushima. It's my number three. Reed, your number two. My number two is Doom Eternal. Uh, a lot of people, for some reason, like, I don't want to say didn't Split like the this room game, this game. But- but they're like, oh, it's not Doom 2016. And I didn't think it needed to be. I, I think Doom 2016 is, like, if you want to play that game, you should just go play Doom 2016. Because, uh, like, you're not playing these games for the environments or the enemies. You're doing it for the gameplay, right? Doom Eternal right. is, like, a puzzle first-person shooter and how you must operate to get certain resources back and kill enemies. In that regard, it's incredibly fun. The pace of it is fast and furious buttery smooth 60 frames per second the music speaks for itself absolutely blasting fucking wonderful uh can't say enough good about doom eternal one of my favorite games the story could use a little bit of work but who gives a fuck it's just doom i was uh, talking about doom with nick 
uh, and he he's like, oh, they kind of turned it into a character action game. Like it's like it's not the same game, admittedly. No, it's some not people were 20- down with that, and some yeah, people weren't. Yeah, it's not Doom 2016. Like I said, it's more like a puzzle shooter. Uh, but I I was down with it. I loved constantly having to throw grenades, hit him with the flamethrower, d- slice him up with the fucking hand blade, and then take out my gun and shoot him just to get bullets back or get my armor back or anything like that. I thought Doom Eternal was a great time. If you're going into it expecting more <laughs> Doom 2016, you were going to be disappointed. I was going to say, uh, you know, Destiny 2 has all that, but you're not required uh, to do certain things to get certain things. And I think that's where the disconnect is between a puzzle shooter, as you said, as you called it, which is probably the right name for it. My number two is going to be Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, I was going to put this game lower on the list in terms of an Animal Crossing game because of the features it's missing, honestly. Uh, here's the Switch version of this game. Uh, there are so many Nintendo-like decisions here with the online and how all that is working. Uh, that's just... They just missed the mark on it. And it needs to be better. The Dodo codes, visiting other people's islands, how the mayor thing works, how uh, multiple people living on it. Having the game locked to one island per Switch and things like that are just insane decisions uh, for this game. But that being said... In 2020, this game's high up on the list. Uh, how could have you done the pandemic without Animal Crossing New Horizons? Uh, it is whimsical, it's lovely, it's cute, uh, it's best enjoyed with friends and family. I love Animal Crossing New Horizons, and it's my number two of the year. Well, Reed, before we get to our number one picks, let's throw to the guest list submitted by both Andrew and Nick. Uh, we're going to reverse the order on that. Nick will go first, Andrew after that. They both uh, were graciously uh, able to record this on their phones. So bear with the audio quality that I've cleaned up as much as possible. Boys, take it away. Hey, it's Nikki Nene, my top seven for 2020. Number seven, Call of Duty Warzone. Banging out those wins, chalking up that KD ratio, send me straight to Valhalla. Number six, Cyberpunk 2077. Can't believe it's not my number one, but, you know, that's how it goes. Number five, Last of Us Part Two, my most thought-of game in 2020. Number four, Yakuza 7, Like a Dragon, the best RPG conversion kit money can buy. Number three, Demon Souls, the A1 number one with a bullet showpiece for the ps5 fast loading just get in get out what an excellent game number two hades the coziest trip through hell that you can have in 2020 and number one ghost of tsushima wiping off your bloody sword after a heart pounding fight is the reason why this is number one relaxing thinking about just like those mongol bastards then getting out of the bath and just cutting them to ribbons never had so much fun this is nikki nene and that was 2020 peace hey everyone it's andrew and here's my top seven games of the year for 2020 number seven dbz kakarot great open world dragon ball game i mean it's dragon ball there's nothing much more you have to say Number six, Call of Duty Warzone. It's getting better every year. It's had its ups and downs, of course, with cheaters and certain issues. I mean, it's Call of Duty. Number five, Super Mario 3D All-Stars. It's been a collection that we've all been pining for, and the fact that we finally get it, and they're just a great collection of games. I mean, if you've played them, you know what I'm talking about. 
Number four, Spider-Man Miles Morales. I mean, Spider-Man 1 was a great game, but having a different character to explore New York City with and have to face different circumstances and different trials in his life, I mean, it's an amazing game. It really expands off of the previous title, and I think you'd be at a loss if you don't uh, try for yourself. Number three, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yes, they change things. Yes, it's different. Um, it can be polarizing, but I still think it's an absolutely fantastic game. And if you're a fan of any of the Final Fantasy games in general, you need to give this one a playthrough. Number two, Resident Evil 3. I think that Capcom really did all the, the, their fans justice with the Resident Evil 2 and 3, took it a step further. The gameplay is just great. The story, though slightly changed and updated, is just fantastic. Graphics, amazing. Um, only drawback might be that it's much like Resident Evil 3 originally. It's still too short. But that said, it's absolutely worth the price to pay to play the game. Number one, now I understand that this game came out years ago. But as, in my mind, the defining title for the PlayStation 4, I've, I've got to say God of War. Um, crazy to say now that it you know, it's gave me the year 2020 and I'm, it took me this long to play it. But the story being based off such a simplified series and having the lore that it does, the gameplay that it does, and they took a complete shift in style... It was brave to do, and I got to say that if you own a PlayStation 4 or 5, um, you'd be really doing yourself a disservice by not playing this game. Read your number one game of the year. Very easily, Demon's Souls for PS5. Wow. Yeah, what a surprise. Um, God, no, I was, I was thinking there for a second, what is it going to be? And I didn't think of that as yeah, an option. It's so clearly for me. The gameplay is tight and focused. The read redone sounds and textures and level design and everything is fantastic the the timing buttery smooth 60 frames per second the ability to hop into the game from the main menu in 10 seconds is flabbergasting to me uh the storm king fight is fucking unbelievable an overload of senses of sound and and visual fucking wonder uh yeah, I can't stop saying enough good things about Demon Souls PS5. It's one of the best remakes ever made. It's one of the best Souls games ever made. And if they're going to make any further Souls games, they would do uh, they would do good to look at Bluepoint and how they operated with with the attack animations, how they feel and sound when they hit. It's just fucking masterclass. Wow. Yeah. Uh, my number one game of the year is going to be Hades. Uh, wow. Hades is a game that reminded me uh, of how it feels to pop off, feel good at a video game. There are stressful moments in Hades when you're fighting bosses where it takes you right back to like the 16-bit days and just grinding out a boss in some platformer. Uh, the way this game is addicting with multiple playthroughs and and changing up the boons every time. Every time you fail or win, either way, you immediately want to get back in that dungeon and fuck shit up. Uh, you want to, you know, another 30, 40 minutes aside. It's all you can think about. Uh, when you're trying to get that first clear, like when you really get into it, like where you are now, basically, where yeah. you're just like, any time now, I'm going to fucking beat this game. I can feel it. Uh, 
all the little things they give you throughout so that if you are losing constantly, you feel like you're still making progress. It's masterful. Uh, it's taking, you know, the, the art, the art, the game looks beautiful for what it is. The uh, quality of the writing, the characters, the voice acting, uh, the visuals, the story that's being told and how it's being told through gameplay where it, it's, it's second to none. It's one of the best games uh, of the year, of the decade, I don't know. It's fantastic. It's, again, taking the Greek pantheon of gods and making them fucking interesting is not easy to do. There, there are, It's so fucked to death, man. Immortals just came out, that Phoenix Rising game. Yeah. Zeus and Poseidon and all these assholes appear in so much media yeah. because it's fucking public domain. It's insane. But Hades fits right in there, and it, it feels like it doesn't even need it. It personalizes these characters in a way that you've never thought of before. Yeah, in like a, in a love, medium that's been... I love Dionysus in the game. He's like the best fucking character. Yeah. Ziggy, baby! <laughs> <laughs> it's Again, it's like releasing the Dark Universe movie. It's releasing a Dracula, Mummy, Frankenstein movie and doing something new that hasn't been done in that, yes, in that regard yet. Yes, they added Tom Cruise. Yeah, they, you had Tom Cruise as, like, a guy who fights terrorists. And you're like, well, this is new, and this is different. Uh, Hades is that. No, wait. I've lost the thread. Uh, there's a great overarching story as well that you experience in this game. The way this game was put together. I thought I was done with roguelikes. Now I know I'm done with roguelikes. Because how the fuck do you, do you follow up Hades and what it accomplishes in terms of gameplay and storytelling in this kind of genre of medium? It's the best game of 2020. Uh, I know there's some other people that agree with me out there. So good on you, Super Giant Games. Good on you, uh, Blue. Uh, it's either Blue Note or Blue Point making those remakes of Demon Souls. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and they're going to be doing the Metal Gear Solid one. Right. Like, yeah. how do you not? How can you not be excited about that with their attention? Well, yeah, to when detail? they when they do such a good job and they're going to be remaking one of the most beloved games of all time, it's like it's a fucking slam dunk here. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, thank you all for uh, for participating, listening uh, to our game of the year at Iceberg Podcast is us on uh, social media, Twitter. Uh, Lee at is my email address. We will be doing a grab bag episode next episode. We will also be revealing what our next focused series uh, will be going forward for Public Beta Podcast. So don't miss that next week. We will also have a combined episode of Game of the Year 1 and 2 going up this weekend. And then probably also the Cyberpunk Mega episode going up after that. Read, there's no end to the content. Thank you to Nick and Andrew for uh, submitting their guest lists. Sorry we had to rush it a bit. We are always tight on time. But uh, thanks for signing up for myself, Lee, and for Read. That's the Public Beta Podcast.